Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game in talent development. And today we are talking about influence, we're talking about storytelling, we're talking about hope, and we're talking about humanity. And we are really talking about what we notice and how people can change their perspectives and use storytelling in influence and helping others and enabling you to manage, lead, and even change organizations and cultures by incorporating more storytelling into everything we do. My guest today is my friend Kelly Dujois. Kelly has been a consultant and leadership and organizational development instructional designer for over 20 years, working with companies like Apple and Cargill to develop highly interactive discovery-based learning programs Kelly is also an expert on leadership, influence, communication, storytelling, and inclusive leadership, to name a few. And she is a solution partner with Advantage Performance Group, which is our sponsor and has developed some very innovative programs such as Influence Inside. Kelly is the founder and creator of a company called Ocean Beach Consulting, which she's been running for over 20 years. And prior to that, Kelly was vice president of human resources development for the Gap Corporation, where she was responsible for the development of 160,000 employees worldwide and the executive development of senior management. And one of the reasons why I'm having Kelly on is because she's also been traveling part-time and working from her 24-foot sprinter van since February of 2021, observing, experiencing, and listening to stories. And when I heard about this, I was curious to talk to Kelly and ask about how she went about going on this adventure and why what she learned from it, because I know even before this, long before this, she was teaching influence and storytelling 
to people inside and outside of big companies. And I've had the pleasure of going through some of her programs and getting certified in her Influence Inside program and going through the storytelling program. And I know she's a master at this. And of course, Kelly has been on the podcast in the past. The last time I had her on, we talked about gender bias and inclusion. And this was back in, I believe, the summer of 2020. So go check that out. And in this episode, we talk more about what she learned on her travels, storytelling, how we can shift our mindset and our perspective on life and how people have those different perspectives. I'm talking about how to get better at storytelling and how to leverage stories for positive change. So this is going to be a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do as well. Quick note, of course, our podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank Membership Community, which is the number one place to go if you work in talent development to go connect with others and share stories with each other. We have a lot of great guest speakers on, and I think we'll be having Kelly in there soon. And this podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group, which is a professional services firm dedicated to providing a continuous stream of creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps organizations develop great people, and they leverage programs from a lot of different learning solution providers, including Kelly Dujois. And speaking of Kelly, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kelly Dujois, all about influencing hope through stories. Enjoy. All right. I am joined now by Kelly Dujois, who is the founder of Ocean Beach Consulting and a fantastic learning designer and consultant who I've known for some time. She was last on this podcast a little over a year ago. I think that came out in July of 2020. And I'm excited to have you back on to talk about your latest journeys. Kelly, welcome. Thank you, Andy. Great to be here. Yeah. So you, you've done a lot of great work over the years, and we can get into a lot of things on influence and storytelling and inclusion. But you've also been on an interesting journey. We all have since COVID started in March of 2020. But you've been on a, a physical, literal journey, packing up things and traveling in your Sprinter van since February, I believe, of, of this year, 2021, to listen to stories. And, and you and I haven't had a chance to catch up in a while. So I'm curious, like, how did this come about? Why, why did you decide to do this? Yeah, great question. Well, I can remember actually the moment I somewhat made the decision. I was um, walking, I, I'm based in the Presidio in San Francisco. So I have this amazing uh, nat national forest park around me. Yeah, beautiful area. I've done a lot of walking. Yeah, I, it's definitely a great home base to come back to. But um, I was doing my uh, a walk in January and with one of my best friends and we were had this amazing kind of hike along the bluffs of the ocean and fresh crisp air and just feeling really invigorated and we came back and we settled in on my porch and we were having a conversation and i will never forget my friend saying to me she goes you know often i'm under the illusion that life is infinite and for whatever reason in that moment it landed for me and I was like, oh my gosh, so do I. I. I think that a lot too, and it isn't. And so what that prompted me to really ask myself is how am I spending my time? What am I doing? What is the story I'm choosing to create in my life? And what am I holding back not doing, thinking I can do it someday? Okay, I was gonna and ask you what, if, I, if I could interrupt. You said yeah. one of the illusion that life is intimate, I'm sorry, infinite. infinite. Yeah. Is that kind of like the, you know, always say that young people, especially teenagers, you know, I think they're going to live forever. I still kind of operate it that way. And, you know, we don't really think about the finality of life, but at the same time, 
we often use that as a crutch to put things off that we want to do because we think, oh, I'll have plenty of time. I'll do that someday. And then yes. someday never comes. Exactly. And you also, you know, hear it a lot with people that wait, you know, for retirement, you know, mm -hmm. and, and stories about then not being able to do, you know, things they wanted to do. And, and so for whatever reason, there's many reasons um, I was going through a lot of, uh, I had just written my last college tuition check for my youngest daughter, I was uh, extracting myself from a, not a healthy relationship. So there's a lot of change going on in my life. And I thought to myself, what do I want to do in this life, in this one wild, crazy life that we have that I haven't done yet? And I had a 20-year business that was still running and still is running successfully. And I love my work and love my clients. And I realized I can do my work from anywhere um, because everything I do now is set up on a virtual platform. So yeah, I made a choice. Um, that I wanted to really experience uh, stories that would inspire and create hope uh, for me and hopefully be able to share those with others. And so I invested in a 24 foot Sprinter van built out and have spent probably close to three quarters of my time over the past year traveling in it across the country, um, exploring really interesting places, meeting really interesting people, seeing beautiful national parks that even though I've grown up in the United States had never seen. Yeah, and I have not regretted it a moment and have uh, used it as a way to really fuel my inspiration for my own work and the work I do with clients. And so that's what I've been up to. Yeah, ah, that's that's exciting. That's something that, you know, I've always dreamed of doing. And we, we took a five week road trip this summer with my wife and kids and dog. And we drove across the country from Florida to Oregon and back and always dreamed of taking more time. And I'm curious about some of the things you saw, the stories you heard. And of course, I want to connect that back to talent development and leadership yeah. and how we can help people through stories. But just start with the trip. What are what are a couple of the most beautiful mm. or amazing places you visited, you referenced national parks, like what, what really stuck out to you? Yeah, you know, there, I mean, so many places, I always ask myself every place I went, one, would I come back? Mm. Two, could I ever imagine living in this place? And so what it allowed me to do was really have that filter and realize that the diversity across the country is enormous, um, diversity of thinking, diversity of life, diversity of thought. and but every place I went, I met interesting people. And oftentimes what I found, because this ties to leadership and our ability to just be self-aware of our own stories we tell ourselves and our own biases, I would pull into locations where I would look around and think, oh, you know, that person seems like not someone I would want to speak to or uh, necessarily even feel safe around. And inevitably, if I struck up a conversation, the story in my mind would change. Mm. And so kind of my, my belief in, in the fact that human beings are really good, human, they're good people, no matter what the thought, beliefs, et cetera, that people have. And once you get to know their story and what you once you connect with the way that you're looking at them and even the environment that you're in can shift. And so I got to experience that a lot. There were some amazing, if you're talking just physically beautiful places, I was surprised by um, Southern Wyoming. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't been to Medicine Bow uh, National Forest, it was probably one of the most surprise and delight, uh, beautiful um, parks that I was at. You know, all the usual places. I literally, as Steinbeck 
said, fell in love with Montana. Um, there's something quite unique about that Amazing. state. And then I was born and raised in Oregon. So that always feels like going home to mo the most, one of the most, I think, again, naturally beautiful locations uh, in our country. And then Wisconsin, which I spent some time in Wisconsin and again was just amazed at the beauty there too. So, yeah. um, and I think, you know, the connection to leadership, I would say, because the work that you and I do is all about how do we help, you know, how do we help leaders and people in businesses be their best selves and how do we help cultures create environments that can flourish that? I would say telling each other our stories and getting to know our stories and getting to know the people around you, their stories can significantly shift the relationship container. And I believe that can shift the work that we, we do together. So anyway, that's, that's kind of my. Yeah. And a couple of things strike out to you know, stick out to me. You mentioned meeting people and pulling in and be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to talk to them. How many assumptions we make about people in life Yes. Com, you know, considering not just race and gender and the normal things, but where do they come from, where we come from? You know, if you come from a liberal place and visit a conservative place, or I don't know if I'd want to talk to anybody there and vice versa, right? P plenty of people yes. live in Tennessee. They're like, I don't want to talk to anybody from California or Oregon, right? <laughs> right. Or whatever, right? And there were just, moments when I wanted to cover my California license plate. <laughs> <I will say laughs> that. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And we saw, you know, some of those places and People and by the way, uh, you know I haven't been to Medicine Bow. We spent some time in Wyoming. We camped in Yellowstone over the summer. Went to Bend, Oregon, to visit some friends. Really beautiful there. Gorgeous. One of my favorite places that really, I, I guess, I knew it was going to be beautiful. Didn't surprise me. Was Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, was just uh, uh, amazing up in the Panhandle of Idaho. There's so many beautiful places to see, but there's also a temptation when you travel around to just kind of stick to yourself and your own things. But you talk to a lot of people and gather a lot of stories. And I'm curious how that came about? How did you find yourself interacting with so many people? And, and what are some of the things you learned from that? Yeah, really great question. Well, the first thing I'd say is the thing I noticed because I'm traveling solo, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. And my prediction actually is that it's easier to actually engage in conversation with other people when you're traveling solo because you don't have anybody else to talk to. So, <laughs> right. You know, there, there's a human need of connection and community, and I'm yeah. somewhat of an extrovert. So I think that that made it, made it easy. And I, I enjoy conversations. And usually the conversations I had that have stuck with me the most were, the, were moments where I wasn't anticipating a conversation, they just emerged. You know, so for example, um, I was in outside of Yellowstone, actually standing outside of my rig one morning and a buck was literally five feet from my back door. Mm. And I was standing there sipping my coffee and this guy came out of, of his, his camper van from across the way with his dog. And we were standing there watching the elk and chatting and his name was Justin. And Justin's story stuck with me because it turns out Justin eight years earlier had been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. And he was only in his late thirties. And he proceeded to tell me the story of what his experience had been like and the choice, again, the story he chose to create for himself um, with this diagnosis and how it unfolded where he had met the love of his life, his wife, and they were traveling now around. He was becoming a writer and a painter. He used to be a CFO at some resort in Hawaii. And, hmm. you know, so the, the choice he made to really follow his heart 
and create a story for himself as a, as a human being that was very different than the path that he had been on pre-illness. And so stories like that, or stories like Farmer Brian in South Dakota, um, inspiring, he was a engineer for a oil company and he had this family farm. And if you're ever in South Dakota, which is wheat country and ranch country, a lot of it is, um, you know, environmentally not, I would say not managed in a way that's healthy. In other words, mm -hmm. crops are sprayed with Roundup sometimes twice, direct correlation of Roundup to cancer. Fertilizer is used, which is a high chemical derivatively yep. based thing. Land is depleted. It's a vicious cycle. Well, farmer Brian, as I call him, took his family farm and has created a completely organic way of um, creating heirloom wheats. And his story and the story of him now trying to inspire the 600,000 acres around him to see the economic ability to do that, inspiring. So, yeah. so many, I could go on and on, Andy, but so many stories. And every time I would talk to people and learn their stories, it fueled for me the possibility of staying hopeful, staying in the story of what's possible, not what not what is wrong. Yeah. And I think, you know, the work I do with companies and leaders around how are you influencing the people around you and what are the stories you're telling? And are those stories inspiring people to move in a positive direction? Or are they stories of constraint, pain, and constriction, right? Yeah. So yeah, lots of interesting things. And, and I've been so inspired to follow your story. I mean, another great example of, you know, you as a human being choosing to share your story of your health struggle and how you handled it yeah. and the choice you made and the story you chose to tell yourself. So lots of, lots of inspiring things. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I, I wanted to get into that a little bit because you know, something you talk about is that when we experience something, we can either focus on what went wrong or what is beautiful, right? Like what's bad about this. And, and yeah. I equate it to in my book and, and speeches sometimes, you know, presentations talk about having the victim mindset versus an ownership mindset. And, right. you know, I was talking about that and building up that growth ownership mindset for a long time before I got cancer, as you mentioned. And my perspective on it was, oh, this is the next challenge that I get to face. It's not going to be fun, but we'll get through it and we'll see what happens. And you, know, you and I were talking just before we started recording. A lot of people were like very worried about me. I was never worried because I always had this optimistic mindset that like, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this and not a blind or naive mindset because I focused on all the things I could do. I did a ton of research. You know, I changed my diet. I started taking tons of supplements and asking a lot of questions, doing all these things that I, that, that I felt like I was in control of the situation as much as I could be you yeah. know, and got through it, you know, and, and it was a, a very treatable compared to other cancers. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect, but I look back and see the whole thing as a blessing. And I know other people don't necessarily look at things that way. So I know you observed a lot of this as well, right? People have different perspectives on the yeah. things that are happening to them. I wonder if you could share more about what you have, you've observed. Yeah. Well, I'll speak to it personally, um, is I saw it in myself. I saw instances where I had a choice, you know, okay, what is the story I'm going to focus on? And one example I'll share with you is when I was in Montana, Montana, I experienced the highs and the lows. 
I pulled into a site that I was staying. I'm a member of a Harvest Host application, which if anyone travels via van, I highly recommend that application. You stay at small businesses, basically. Cool. And you just support their business. Well, I was staying at a farm to table uh, ranch in Montana. And I pulled in and uh, the host showed me where I could park my rig. And I, I did that. And I have an awning on my rig that I hadn't really used much because you don't put it out in wind. And I thought, oh, I've got an hour and a half, you know, before the dinner gets, you know, served this farm to table dinner that I was participating in. So I'm going to put my awning out and I'm just going to do a little yoga and just kind of relax. Yeah. And so I did that. And then I thought after I did that, well, I still had an hour and I thought, well, there's a, a park nearby. I'm just going to drive and, and take a hike. Well, I got in my rig, I started pulling out and, and there's two, there's like the typical Montana entry to the ranch, right. That has uh -huh. two big, you know, tree trunk, like yeah. uh, pillars yeah, and like then the gate. banner across the top. And as I'm pulling through the entry, I literally hear this ripping, crunching noise. <laughs> and I realized, up. oh my gosh, I for I didn't say, oh my gosh, by the way, I forgot to take the awning down. Yeah. I get out of the rig and sure enough, there it is hanging off the side of the rig. Oh. And I'm like, wow, this is a surreal picture, like straight out of a horror film. Yeah. So there I stood in the middle of Montana where there's no RV support in calling distance right. and thought to myself, what am I going to do? And as soon as I had that thought up pulls the other guest that was arriving for the evening in their rig and out of the rig becomes my uh, two new best friends, as I like to say in Montana, um, Bill and Valerie Pettigrew. And it turns out that Bill Pettigrew was a 20-year military uh, Air Force pilot. Uh -huh. He then was a 20-year Alaska airline pilot captain. Wow. And he goes, oh, a project. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> and excited, they yeah. proceeded and Valerie pulls out their large toolkit, you know, that they carry in their rig. Yeah, and yeah. they proceeded for the next 30 minutes. He did helping me figure out how to disassemble the awning and get it all tucked in and yeah. so that I could drive my rig. And so the, the reason I'm sharing that story is I could choose to tell the story of the enormous cost that that awning and ripping it off <laughs> and the story of how stupid could I be to do right. that and the story of right or I can choose to focus on the fact the Bill and Valerie Pettigrew story which to me I made two good friends mm -hmm. we had this experience and then we sat and had this amazing dinner on this deck watching the Montana sunset mm. sipping wine and it was amazing right yeah. so every day I think we can notice that what's the story we're choosing to tell ourselves we can have the same set of facts yeah and two very different stories depending on what we choose to focus on for over three years now the talent development hot seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by advantage performance group advantage performance group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals teams and organizations to be the best at what they do Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, 
sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Agree completely. For me, mindset is all perspective. It's how we choose to perceive and see life, right? And that we could all have the same things happen and see things in a different way. And I'm big on turning challenges into opportunities. And I don't know if you've heard this, I have three questions I like to ask when facing a big challenge like that. And I've made plenty of those mistakes as well. Is number one is what's great about this? Because there's almost always a silver lining, right? Number two is what can I learn from this? Like put the awning in, right? Before we had an experience over on our road trip where we lost our dog in Kansas oh. because we all got out to Oh Toto. It's like the Wizard of Oz story. Yeah, yeah. We all got out and then we got back in and started driving and the dog didn't get back in. And we drove an hour and a half, about a hundred miles before I realized the dog was not in the car. And then we got to go back and go get to find the dog. And we found him, thank goodness. So the second question is what can I learn from this? And in that case, it's always check to make sure so whenever we got in the car after that, I always asked the kids two questions. Number one, do you have your seatbelts on? Number two, is the dog in the car? <laughs> because we wow, want to make Andy. sure the dog is that, there. I uh, mean, and how fortunate that you that you were able to find him. Oh, yeah. He, three hours. Oh. It was like 100 degrees plus out in Kansas, you know, in July. And we found him on the side of the road. It was just, yeah, it was rough. But he, he got And it'll be in. a story that your kids tell whenever yeah. you come together for like family dinners. It'll, oh, it'll yeah, be totally, with them. totally. Yeah. So what's great about this? What can I learn from this? And the third question is, what does this make possible? And a lot of times we face big challenges and we think, oh, this is awful. But then they oftentimes create new opportunities that we never would have gotten otherwise, like making new friends. You know, you hear about people losing jobs and they're just, you know, distraught about it. And then the next job comes along and it's way better than the first one. And they would have never gotten it if they didn't, you know, have that, you know, they weren't working at that time. Totally. Yeah, no. And I love that. What's possible. Yeah, what's possible. There's a a poet that I followed, David White. And he, his new book, I just did a series of sessions with him, um, really recommend. I I think poetry is actually a great inspiring tool too that's completely underutilized in corporations, by the way. And I've done some amazing sessions with a street poet where Mm -hmm. it can really unlock connectivity between people. But anyway, so David White, his new book, I think is called Still Possible. And so that, that concept of what you just said, I think is so important, especially now is, you know, given all the um, cultural challenges, environmental challenges, health challenges. I mean, you know, there's so much, but what is still possible? And I'm so intrigued when I do work with companies kind of tying back, you know, this concept to companies. The first thing I'll do when I'm, I have a program called Influencing with Story And the first thing I'll do when I start to work with a company is I'll go on their website, I'll go on their social media, and I'll look for story. And I'll try to find what stories, if any, are they telling? And what are those stories emotionally kind of creating for me? And I think there is a huge opportunity for companies to embrace more of this, for companies to really say, what's our brand story? What's our 
what's our leader, what's, what are as leaders, what are each of our stories that we're mm -hmm. trying to create? What are our product stories? And there are some amazing companies that do great work in this area. And you can see the business results that will occur yeah. because when you create a story, it requires you to tap into sense of purpose, meaning the moral, uh, the emotion, and it just has a whole different connection it can make, I think, with people. So yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like why is that important? I think many of us kind of get it in intrinsically, like, yeah, stories <laughs> resonate with me. Companies yeah. need to leverage stories, leaders should leverage stories more. But can you explain more about like why that's important and what are what's the business? Um, Completely. Cause because one of my beliefs, having done this leadership development work for a lot of years, is it's not soft stuff. So when I started down this path of really exploring the power of story as it relates to influencing change, I did research and there's science behind it. So if you look up Paul Zak, Paul Zak's done a ton of scientific research on what happens chemically in our brains when we hear a story. There's a release of um, hormones that actually connect us with people and with other human beings that get released in our brains. We can't stop it from happening. Yeah. You'll also look at research that shows how story, our brain is activated fivefold more when we hear story, which means there's more focus and more activity going on. And so you're maintaining the focus and attention of your audience at greater levels. Um, so there's a lot of science that backs this concept of story up that isn't about it's a nice to do. I always like to say, if, if you're trying to inspire change, if you're trying to get people to follow you, story is a need to do because you can't emotionally connect with people with data. Um, you have to make meaning out of data and you have to have meaning out of where you're trying to take a group. And that happens through emotional connection, which really can only happen through story. So anyway, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, big believer and have done a lot of kind of research around the science of why it works. Yeah. yeah. And humans have been using stories to communicate information. 36,000 right, years, Andy, 36,000 years. years. Yeah. yeah. A lot of time, right. Back when, before people could write them down, right. It was just telling stories, handing down from generation to generation. Uh, and you say that stories we create here and remember are what guide our lives, right. Can you tell me more about that from a, you know, humanistic perspective? Um, yeah, there's so many, I mean, I'll, again, I'll just, for myself, it's the, it's the, I call it our own leadership stories or our own heroes journeys that we're all on. And we all can choose to, we're all a, a, on a journey, you know, sometimes we're aware of it, sometimes we're not, and we're letting it happen to us. So my belief is we don't need to let it happen to us. We can create a future leadership story. Um, some people call that vision work, you know, so I love vision boarding. I do that every year with my friends and mm -hmm. it's a powerful way. Uh, crafting your leadership story, um, which is what I did with my choice of investing in the van and, and making a decision to travel and, and experience other people's environments and stories, et cetera. Um, I painted that picture you know, and the power of it is once you set that intention and you know this from your work and mm. um, from the book that you wrote and from your personal experience, once you set an intention, which is really painting the future state of your story, kind of the, the end state you're trying to get to, things will start to occur around you that 
you never would have imagined. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're going to start to pay attention to things that you never paid attention to. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of power. And when I work with leaders, when we do leadership stories, what's my leadership story, we have them look at, you know, where have I been? What's the current state? What's the inciting incident that's going to take me off on this new path? And what's the future state I'm envisioning? And why am I passionate about that? And what it does is it not only unlocks for them a sense of control, a sense of I can create this versus allowing things to just happen to me, but it also allows them to tell their stories to others that then can inspire those people to create their story. And I think that's the power of stories. We never know when we tell a story who we will touch and how it will impact them. And I have circled back. My goal is all the people's stories and people I've met along the way, I want to circle back to them at the end of the year now and thank them and let them know, here's how your story affected me and here's what it did for me. So yeah, I think if we all did more of that, we would, uh, we'd be creating a different world. And, and be willing to share our stories. And you mentioned earlier, you know, setting your intention and a lot of amazing things happening that reminded me of, of course, the famous book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, you know, when you put your oh, intentions yeah. out into the world, the whole world conspires to help you achieve those things. And, you That's know, a good book. we don't always achieve the things that we set out to do. All kinds of things can happen, right? Yeah. But just by doing that, a, a lot of things pop up and happen that we never would have happened otherwise. And you talk about sharing stories. I think there's a perspective that, hey, everybody has a story to share, right? And everybody had, we can, depending on how they tell it, everybody has an interesting story to share. But I know a lot of people have the perspective of their own that my story is not very interesting. Oh, my life has not been very interesting. How do you help people change that perspective to see that they, they do have an interesting story to share? Yeah, there's um, a couple thoughts I have on that. First of all, I was I was there. I still am there a lot. Like mm. even getting on this podcast with you, I thought, who's going to care about the fact <laughs> that I'm on a sprinter van and been traveling around and like, yeah. who really cares? So we all have that voice in us, um, I think, to some degree. I think I think it's healthy, right? It, it helps us not be complete narcissists all mm-hmm. and walk around thinking that we're better than we are. But there's two thoughts I have is one is everybody's story is uh, interesting and every there's a moment in every day that you could create a story around. There's a program called the moth. Are you familiar with that? Yes. I used it's to listen to it on competition. All the time. Yep. It's a podcast, highly encourage people who are interested in becoming good storytellers, listen to the moth. What's great about the moth is that people show up and they tell stories, but without a script. Right. And so it's, there's a guy that has won the moth five times because they have competitions Mm -hmm. and I can't remember his name now, but he said something once that really stuck with me, which is he basically every day journals five things that have happened to him in a day. And then he creates a story around each of those five things. And his point to this was, it is often not the big cataclysmic things in our lives that create the richest stories. It is often the very simple things. Like I was sitting at a bus stop and I started a conversation with the person next to me and the story of that conversation and what unfolded and the moral that came from that. And so if you're 
I always say to people, if you're struggling with the belief that you don't have an interesting story, set that aside for a minute and just do an exercise where you just pick a couple of moments out of your day. And we have a recipe for storytelling that makes it very like fill in the blank and just write a story with, with the tool and share it with a couple of people and see what happens. Because two things will occur. One, you're going to see the, the chemical reaction of oxytocin and the connection hormones happen. You'll see, you'll get people's attention and you might be surprised at what you can inspire in other people that you had no idea that simple story could do. Mm. So anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, those are my that's fascinating. And I, I've listened to the moth and I've been to one of those storytelling competitions locally. It was very interesting. And you make me think of, of stand-up comedians as well, right? Some of the best stand-up comedians, what do they do? They, they observe and write down the things that are happening and they see around them and they create stories that are obviously funny. And most of the, many of them turn tragedy into comedy, which is what the best uh, stand-up comedians do. And then we, yes. we love hearing those stories. Yeah. And they're usually about very simple things. Yeah. That, that they've just figured out how to, yeah, I have a huge appreciation. My oldest daughter is an improvisational theater artist and, Mm. and writer. And I am in constant amazement when I watch her because improvisational theater is that too. It's the ability to literally build a story with a team of other people in, in a very, um, you know, yes and way, as On they the spot, say. Right, yeah. And it's so, and it unleashes our creativity in a way that other forums, you know, don't. And so I, I that's another great recommendation for people who want to get better at story and being able to connect um, kind of creative communication, as I call it, or visual yeah. communication is improv theater classes. I, yeah. I love that. And I'm interviewing someone soon who uses improv with organizations for team building and, and that sort of stuff. But I'm curious, like for, for the roast, those of us who, you know, people who work in large organizations, especially managers, leaders, how can we leverage these lessons and use storytelling to influence positive change around us and help people, you know, enable people to get more work done? Great question. Well, the first thing I'd say is look at the stories already within the company. Ask yourself, is there a, um, you know, I've had the benefit of working with Apple has been a client of mine for over 20 years. And so to me, there are companies that do this well. And the late Steve Jobs was an amazing storyteller. If you look at the Instagram account of the watch, by the way, you will see the most powerful product stories that are captured there. Hmm. So in your organization, look for the stories that exist that you could actually leverage and retell. I'm always amazed when I get onto programs and I will have scoured their social media and their website and found stories that employees within the company that I'm working with had never seen. And I often think, wow, there's so much leverage to those stories that isn't happening because people aren't either encouraged to look for them or use them or think about them. So as leaders, if you're trying to inspire change or trying to inspire employees to follow the vision of the company, look for stories and then retell those stories in your own way. Um, And so that's one big recommendation I have. The other one is get a simple recipe for storytelling and, and just do it you know, kind of like the Nike theme, just do it yeah. and start to see the, the benefit of it. 
um, and get that little voice out of your head that says, this is soft, this is stupid, I don't need to waste my time on this, I've got data, you know, I've got my deck and, um, and facts rule, um, and put that aside and, and just try it, just do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to just start doing it, practicing, seeing how, how people react, right. And adjusting as you go. And I would say, Andy, find people who are great at it. Like I'll mm-hmm. always ask when I run sessions, who in your organization is a great storyteller? Who do you love to listen to? And then I'll say, this is what I did. I, I observed Steve Jobs in action when he was alive for probably a good five years and really study what is it that they do and say that make them so compelling. Mm. Because we tend to, behavior modeling is really a powerful learning tool. And so if we get a a model performer and we start to behave like them, uh, we can actually accelerate our own development. Absolutely, love it. Okay, so last question I wanna ask you, you for those listening who work in learning and development, talent development, what's to somehow leverage these ideas to enable people to be more effective in their organizations, to help leaders use storytelling or become better leaders. I know you work with a lot of organizations. What's something they can be doing or thinking about to help the organization maybe embrace stories more? Yeah, I think a simple one, and I'm, I'm doing a session uh, coming up in New York with a, a company that is really committed to this, is there's a powerful tool called just your leadership story. And it originated back Jack Welch during GE and um, you know, you can look up, there's different approaches to it. But to me, if, if groups, if leaders, especially if they're leading a new team, um, or if new members are coming on and they're trying to create team cohesion and performance and productivity, is spend a half a day, maybe even less, for people to craft what is my journey line? What is my leadership story? Where have I been? And share it and listen to each other and affirm each other. And my belief is that half of a day investment of helping people share their story not only builds relationship, builds trust, builds empathy, um, but also gives people a way to learn and know that they can tell story and be effective at it. Um, so that, that I think if I were to wish one thing for organizations, if, if every leader did that with their teams, I think that again, things could, could feel different and yeah, better. We, you know, I'm just wondering too, as we wrap up, another factor of that we didn't talk about is how does authenticity and vulnerability factor oh. in there? Because people could say, well, I, you know, they get good at storytelling stories, but they're trying to just be the hero and be perfect. It doesn't always resonate with people. Well, the first thing I'd say is a hero's journey, the protagonist is never the hero. The protagonist mm-hmm. always struggles. Yeah. Um, so in a good story, if you learn to craft a story, and that's why you need to have a simple, you know, template and, and some basic tools like that, is you know that you always build in struggle to the story, because that's what makes it compelling and it what it's what activates our empathetic response system. And so when the leader is sharing their story, the way you do the journey line is you think of the 10 events in your life that um, have impacted you the most. And inevitably, when we do that we will think of painful moments, Mm -hmm. right? We will probably think of painful moments more than we will think of highly successful moments because we learn the most through failure. So by sharing those and by sharing, you know, what we've learned and what was possible after that, kind of back to your questions, 
it allows people to tell their story in a way that that works, you know, that is authentic because it's about their life. Now I will say people are on a continuum, right? Of their comfort with vulnerability mm -hmm. and transparency. And I've been on a, believe me, early on in my career, I was like work and personal are separate and I'm never yep. gonna, you know, and I think about that now. And I, you know, kind of laugh to myself because I think that the power we have as individuals to create change is directly correlated to our ability to, be honest and be authentic and be transparent. And if we can all get there, you know, that's, I think, where we really have our impact. So yeah, yeah, it's Brene Brown, right, is the queen of vulnerability. And, mm -hmm. and so I'd say if you're struggling with that, uh, her podcasts, again, are amazing. And yeah, and her and work is amazing. And, and so. as you said, everybody's in a different place on it. But I always advocate people be as authentic as possible. You know, when I was sharing my cancer journey, I was sharing everything, right? And had many people message me privately and say, I've also been going through cancer. I haven't told anybody. And that's yes. totally fine, right? That was right for them. And I did what was right for me. But the important thing is that we're able to look back and be able to share some of those stories with others, the struggles as well as the as the wins. And that's what makes us human. Exactly. And, and that's what helps people relate to us because every human being, I really believe this, it is dealing with struggle. Every human being is dealing with grief at some level mm -hmm. at, in their lives. Every human being is dealing with invisible struggles that we're not even aware of. And so when we can transparently share those, it can help people connect and go, oh, one, one, I'm not alone. And two, what is it I can learn from your story that can help me on my journey? Yeah, for sure, Andy. And I, I just want to commend you and just say, thank you for being transparent. Um, I've followed you more on Facebook and seen just glimmers of posts that you've put on there. And I've always felt inspired by that because I think when people are vulnerable, it creates and makes it okay for the rest of us to be vulnerable. So you've contributed to that, I'm sure, for many people. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your authenticity and your vulnerability and sharing your what is it? The the thing that hangs off the van, <laughs> your driving abilities. Oh, my awning. Your yeah, awning, awning. Yes. That, that, that was a, that was a $5,000 like mistake I made. A right lesson. There, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Kelly. This has been great for anybody listening who wants to get in touch with you more, learn more about the work that you do. Where's the best place for them to go? A couple of ways. I mean, I, I, um, I'm, uh, my products and services are distributed through, um, your close partnership to Advantage Performance That's Group. Right. So they can go to the APG site. They can find me on LinkedIn, um, Kelly Dojois. And I do have a website, oceanb.com that I try to maintain uh, when I'm not busy doing the work. But um, Got yeah, it. But yeah, I, I almost forgot the partnership. With oh, Advantage. and then you can also, if you want to follow the journey, I have an Instagram account on the road with hope, one word. Um, on the road with hope. And so I do try to post the different stories and places that I've been and whatever kind of is going on for me in that particular moment. So you, that's an open Instagram account and anyone can follow it. Great. We'll put links in there. And of course, as you mentioned, to find out more about some of the programs that, that Kelly provides, you can go to advantageperformance.com. She's a solution partner with Advantage Performance Group, which is also our main sponsor of this podcast. So Kelly, thank you again for being on here. I really appreciate it. Love all the stories and the journey you've been on. I know we're just getting started and there's so much more to come and look forward to talking with you more in the future. Thank you, Andy. Be well. Right, thank you. Take care.
All right, that will do it for my conversation with Kelly Dujois about influencing hope through stories. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and that you got some ideas from it, whether it's to start leveraging stories more to influence your leaders to start leveraging stories more to influence people, or maybe just an idea to go take a trip, buy a sprinter van or take a vacation with your family, get out there in nature and get out to other places and really start talking to people and sharing stories with them. I wanted to remind you, as I mentioned earlier, Kelly is a solution partner with the Advantage Performance Group. I used to be a partner with Advantage, and that is how I got to know Kelly by going through some of her solutions, getting certified to run Influence Inside, being exposed to some of the really great and interesting inspirational work that she does. And you can find some of her programs listed along with the many other learning solutions that Advantage offers and tons of great free insights and solutions on the Advantage website. Just go to advantageperformance.com and you can click on stories. You can click on solutions and see some of Kelly's work there and insights and free resources. Tons of great work on there. And also our podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, which is the community that I run. I started it in June of 2020 after we hosted a conference and then the pandemic shut everything down. And I realized okay, we're not going to have any more conferences for a while. And we need to find a way to connect people, to keep people connected and bring people together on a regular basis because humans are social creatures. We need community. And I was really excited to put that together. And we had some great people that jumped on board early who are still in the community today. You've heard some of them on the podcast, like Larry McAllister, who was on recently, Michelle Lau, who was on recently, and many others. And our community has over 100 people now who work in different facets of learning and development, talent development, who are doing great things. And we bring on guest speakers on a regular basis. We have a live call every Wednesday. We bring on guest speakers, as I mentioned. We also have open forum calls where we chat with each other about things that we're working on, that we're challenged with, that we're running, learning from each other. And we do some regular networking as well. If you do not belong to a community like this and you are ready to jump in, come check us out. Our website is tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. And when you join, you can choose to join monthly or annually, whichever is better for you. You can save money if you pay for the year up front. And you can use the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, to get 10% off of your membership. And of course, you can reach out to me if you have any questions. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you. I hope you'll share this podcast with a friend and leave a review. That helps me out. It helps us out with spreading the word. And I guess the last thing I'll mention, I already like pitched you so many things, but Kelly did mention my book. The book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It is available now on Amazon. Been out for over a year now. We have over 225 star reviews. I've been speaking in a lot of different organizations and am committed to making a big impact with this book and this mission. So if you haven't checked out my book, I'd love for you to check that out as well. All right. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you and I will see you in a couple days. I'm going to be publishing my bonus Q&A session with Kelly. It's a quick one with some great insights to share there as well. So I hope you'll check that out. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.